I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. Hey, boss. Hey, hey. It's early morning. We normally don't record in the morning, but today... It's... Yeah. It is morning. And I would just like to acknowledge that A, I don't do mornings well, and B, early morning is 11 o'clock. <laughs> and that is not a joke. I mean, it is a joke, but but it is 11 o'clock, and it's still kind of early. So my voice is a little bit lower than normal. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes was when uh, a guy talking about how when you get the phone call early in the morning and you sound like Elmer Fudd, uh-huh. and he goes, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, I've been up for hours and hours. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just trying to convince people that <laughs> the fact that you sound like you're literally still under the covers. That's right. It's not real. Well, I can verify TJ is up out of bed, moving. 11.07. Yeah. I mean, you're seven, seven minutes into this sucker. You're, you're fine. You're good I to go. I have been out of bed for at least one whole hour. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've been out of bed longer than that. Well, we're talking again about relationships on the line. Uh, I wanted to set up last time the angle of most of these are romantic relationships, but the more that we kind of got into our conversation, uh, siblings snuck in at that like higher level, depthier level, real understanding that can take place. And I think that's going to come up a lot in our conversation today because two of the pairings aren't very common romantically, I think. Yeah. But I bet you it's the case there's a lot of siblings that experience this. And so just to kind of earmark that. um, Which also might be a a window into why there's less romantic partners because if your sibling is just like this. You probably don't want to marry that person. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> I've already got one clown in my life that looks like this. Don't need another in my that house. That you can never leave. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we are talking about relationships on the lines. So each of us in our type go to stress and can use stress tools to balance. And we also have a type whose attributes we reflect when we're secure. And those are very important to name. And there are people in our lives who live in our stress number or our security number. And our relationships with those people, I find deeply fascinating. This is the first time that we've broken up one of these big topics into three. That's how much we got into the last one. Normally, we cut these in half and move on. But we're going by triads this time yeah and i think we went into it with that intention instead of like accidentally just recording too long (laughs) so (laughs) there's there's way too much here we're gonna need to we gotta break that up put a clamp on the fire hose (laughs) one thing that i want to bring a little bit more elevation to this time is um as we talk about those who we are in relationship 
with in our stress number in particular, I think it's important to elevate their stance, their coping style, and their center. Because a lot of that is going to actually be tools that we can learn from, employ, and it's going to be the tools of a, of a different type. It's like we're using a different language to communicate or what would it be? It's, it's we've been uh, addressing this problem with a hammer all day long and lo and behold, there's a screwdriver that might work. Mm, sure. But it's got a completely different action to it. It's no longer the banging. Now you got to turn that sucker. Right. And I feel like there's something worth just, I'm going to, I'm going to just bring special attention. The more that I've thought about our first podcast, I think that those are, are very important here. So any, uh, any thoughts on your end before we jump into, uh, the head triad and their move into stress? Well, I'm just thinking about that hammer screwdriver analogy, (laughs) because sometimes when you use a hammer to solve a problem and you realize that it's a problem that needs a screwdriver now you also have to contend with the damage that you've done from the hammer in order to solve the screwdriver problem and it's a whole thing it's yeah that's a that's a great analogy in my mind i think you're picking on the body triad right there everybody else is wiser than than we (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about everybody (laughs) well we're starting with the combination of fives and sevens, fives in stress are going to go to seven. When I first started learning Enneagram, heard a handful of people say, this is the strangest move on the Enneagram. Yeah. And the more that I see a five in my household, this is not strange at all to me. Right. This is one of those things that this is seems to me very natural and understandable mm-hmm. given how fives come to the world. Because if fives go into stress, it means that their tools aren't working Right. And they got to go somewhere else. And that means they're probably going to get active. Well, it helps that you also are have exposure to a a fairly outgoing teenager seven or a fairly outgoing teenager five, Mm -hmm. which means that, you know, stress and and inappropriately handling stress is going to be a little bit more forefront for you know, teenagers and, and you're going to see someone who's less likely to be hiding the way that a lot of fives are. I wonder if there's something to being a young five where using seven tools is just a whole lot easier. Sure. I bet. As opposed to fives that have kind of entrenched. Mm-hmm. There's less danger when you're, when you're young like that. Yeah. Especially to get active to get out of your shell and, mm-hmm. and the rest. Um, his, whole world is about getting out of his shell for the most part being invited into action right um, in terms of like his high school rhythms right fives and sevens have a lot in common obviously they're both in the head triad both are therefore going to wrestle with fear going to take in the world with that future focus that Mm -hmm. has those tinges of fear Um, both are going to focus heavily on what they have for fives that can be resources for sevens that can be opportunities both it seems to me can become frantic at times um but maybe that's the five moving to seven sure in fact a lot of the commonalities when we go through the commonalities it's going to be you're going to see it in the stress move uh fives can over consume same story there right seems like they both can become obsessed with a specific topic and maybe that's more the seven moving to five space but well, and there's a there's a gluttony represented there 
with a seven. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Greed and gluttony are sort of right next to each other, like sharing's. Yeah. They, they sit on the same couch. So I, I bet as we go through this, we're going to be talking a lot about those two ways of coming to what experiences and resources and mm-hmm. greed and gluttony are, are collection different. and consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Both fives and sevens seem to appreciate ideas, uh, exert a lot of mental energy when coming to the world. Seems like just like fives and eights can be self-reliant and independent, sevens can be self-reliant and independent as well. Right. So this five seven combo. Yeah, both these types have have a real concern with like like part of their their underlying sort of fear is that that something about them, their needs, their resources is is too much or will not be met, will not be fulfilled by the outside world. And so their their focus has a lot to do with on how they can take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because the five, sixes, and sevens are all going to struggle with the temptation, I am what I have... When that gets turned toward other people, five, sixes, and sevens, in theory, can use other people as resources. Right. There's a there, there's the temptation to dehumanize the person in front of you as just merely an avenue toward getting what I want. Right. And and not in a conscious and and heartless kind of way. Just they they view relationships in a different way with a, a less of an emphasis on that that heart center yep coming again from very different angles both fives and sevens can detach from themselves Mm -hmm. and it's it's worth noting how that takes place um you want to spell that out i suppose i have an intuition but sevens seem to detach from the negative spectrum of feelings right fives right it's it's with sevens they are they're looking for more fun, more entertainment, more opportunity, um, more, more, more. And and when you're avoiding like the the lower half of experience, because you know why would anybody want to not have fun when you could have fun? Then you're missing out on a ton of stuff about being human, about living life, because life is not all sunshine and rainbows. There's some bad stuff that goes along with it, and and when sevens are escaping that they're escaping half of themselves essentially i may be wrong here but it's almost like fives are the absolute opposite of the coin in terms of detaching from their physicality and and going solely with the inner life of the mental and the emotional sure but it's 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 again from a different angle because they like it might be fours want more of the sort of lower half but with fives, a detachment from experience is is more about focusing on the totality of what can be known and and categorization of the data, and and so they're they they are aware of feelings, they're aware of the full f- range of feelings, but they're not engaging with actually feeling the feelings. Yep, and and that applies to all of the things that they're physically doing the experiences that can be had out there lastly and we could play this out on on this level as well both can turn towards narcotics for escape or something of you know 
stimulants of some sorts. Yeah, the you know every type has has their own window into addiction and and narcotics and these kinds of things. And I think that sevens looking for more experience, but also trying to avoid negative negative like pain and and suffering. That when you find drugs that make you happy you might get a little too into the drugs that make you happy <laughs> and i think that that fives enter into that kind of space from from a detachment from the consequences like they're not thinking about about the addiction they're thinking about like this is part of life and i want to to know what this is yep. like yep or nothing matters so why not try this thing yep had a philosophy teacher in undergrad uh said when he was young he was in, in school and there was a person with a gong in their in their uh dormitory sure and he kept trying to find who had the gong it was like going door to door knocking and say do you have the gong do you have the gong do you have a gong nobody had a gong and then he said and then i realized i was on lsd <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course naturally the the reason for the LSD, I think, is exactly what you're saying. It's there is an exploration here of I want to understand, yeah. yeah, as opposed to the seven that's like I want to have this experience, yeah, I want to fly, yeah, stay away from the angel dust, kids, right? On the flip side, and we've kind of hinted at it. There's a lot that's different mm -hmm. about these types, similar to twos and fours who are on the line but share the same center. Fives and sevens, a lot of the distinction is going to come from their stance. Fives being withdrawn, sevens being assertive. Right. Fives are going to hold their energy. Sevens are going to unleash their energy. Yeah. Fives have a focused approach to knowledge. Sevens, much more diffuse. That doesn't necessarily mean that they, they aren't extremely knowledgeable about certain topics like they, they'll dive they, they are full in on the thing that they are focused on until yep. they're not for the seven and then they're just completely disconnected yeah yeah it like like a, a seven who wants to learn how to play guitar will go full in on learning how to play the guitar until they realize that now they want to learn how to play the flute. Right. Yeah, they'll buy full in on that until they decide that they learn want to learn how to do basket weaving. And then they'll buy full in on that, etc. Feels like some of that is the security move, I think. Mm -hmm. You can get into some depth there. When I, in my field of study, I can identify the fives and I can identify the sevens for the most part. Fives are, are those who dig down, get a foundation, its roots, and they're spending 30 years on the same project. Right. Sevens, their books are 30,000 feet up. Yeah. And I can tell you 852 things about this very wide topic. Yeah. There's an approach to life that's worth naming here that fives are are more nihilistic, sevens traditionally quite optimistic. I suppose until they're not. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I I think even the the five nihilism can be uh, more circumstantial uh, because because fives 
yearn for detachment. Like this is it. They they don't want to be affected by the thing that they're. They don't want to be affected by, and they don't want to have an effect on the world around them. So that that nihilism can sort of creep into the side and take over. But I I think they're. It it starts from a place of objectiveness. They desire to be objective, and if yep. they go too far with that objective desire, that that need to be unaffected and unaffective, then oh wait, it's because nothing has meaning. I don't know if you're gonna like this illustration at all, but I'm gonna use it. The We've typed the Buddha in the past as a five. Buddha's philosophy begins, it begins, the story begins with him seeing an old man, a dead man, and a sick man. Mm-hmm. And it's from that spot that he kicks forth the eightfold path. Sure. Jesus, who I think is a seven, is all optimism. Kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, let me, let me show you this thing over here, which is amazing. Even when uh, you look at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes are, here's where lo- things look really tough and difficult. But guess what? Reframe. Poor in spirit. <laughs> no, the kingdom of God is at hand. <laughs> Blessed are you who mourn. You'll be comforted. Sure. It's all, it's exactly what that is. It's all reframing these people who are struggling there with the, those eight Beatitudes. Yeah. Nihilism and optimism. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to yeah. write that down. All right. Rubber stamp that. Actually, you know what? It's already <laughs> trademarked since it's on our podcast right now. Perfect. Um, <laughs> there is a seeking of understanding for the five. There is the the pleasure seeking for the yeah. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the physical. There's so much on. I don't know if it's the wings or that. I should I should say the secondary centers. The five who thinks about their emotions. The seven who thinks about what to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's how they're going to be in the world. Well, I, th- I think this also go gets back into that stance uh, because fives w- withdraw and sort of retreat from life to to better understand it, and sevens jump into life to understand it. Yeah. When it comes to the emotional life, there's a reservation with fives. There's a gregariousness with sevens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a broad brush, but. Yeah. On the whole. Yeah. There is the need for quiet from a lot of fives. There is the need for stimulation from a lot of sevens. Right. More noise drowns out the ability to dive deep. Mm-hmm. And that explains both types. Oh, that's good. There's the reserved side of fives, even the, you know, like kind of the the hunkering down turtleish methods that fives can have, whereas sevens can be quite expansive and thin. Mm-hmm. Both of them, in terms of being head types, fives can detach because they're head types. Sevens can be superficially engaged. And both of them, uh, there's like a, I, I, I envision kind of a defensive posture towards the world, but this is how that materializes. You know what I mean there? Say that again. Fives detach, which we say all the time. Mm -hmm. But sevens are superficially engaged because they they don't want to be locked down. So neither the five or the seven at times are really giving you their full self. Right. Like you got to 
you have to do tremendous work to pull the full self of fives and sevens into, you know, relational engagement. Right. Well, I think that, like, particularly thinking about, like, them as a pair, this is, this is probably, like, like, one of the places where it's, it's very reasonable to think this is why you don't see these two paired very often mm-hmm. is because they, they don't, neither of them are grasping for the other. It's a good call. And, and they're not, and when they do, there's not much to grab onto. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one of these yin yang pairings on that front as well. Right. The, the withdrawn type and the aggressive type. Right. And those can be tricky to make work. Right. Especially because they're withdrawn and they're aggressive from the same viewpoint. Like it, it's all about mm-hmm. the mental life. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Their center, what well, doesn't provide the variety, the complementariness. Well, and they're, they're going in op- opposite directions from the same starting point. Yeah. Same thing a, with twos and fours. Yep. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So I have... I know a, a couple, two, four pairings and a couple, five, seven pairings. And it seems like those relationships, they make it work. Mm-hmm. But I bet you intuitively they understand exactly what you're saying there. Right, right. There is a depth and clarity that fives desire. There's a cornucopic thing. I'm, I'm kind of hitting the same themes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one is expansive and one is, yeah, I I think that like, a wide, shallow pond versus a, a a very deep well. Yeah. And, yeah. Fives expect rejection in a relationship. I think sevens are relationally hopeful with relationships that they desire. Sevens don't expect to be rejected. There is a, as we've said in the past, there's a charm to sevens that mm-hmm. can come forward. Not that fives can't be charming. But the optimism, I suppose relationally, is it not the case that optimism is going to color Seven's approach to people they want to have a relationship with? I think yes, but I don't know that I'd ever use optimism. Like, because being in that that aggressive stance, like like threes, eights, and sevens all believe that, like like without really consciously thinking about it, that they can order the world according to the way they see it. Right. And they naturally have a more positive outlook on things. So it's like, why, why wouldn't this person want to be my friend, you know, or, or like their, their perspective on relationships in that way is it, they don't think about it, uh, whether or not they, need to impress or do work to draw this person in it's a it's a natural flow of i'm going to be charming and win this person yeah the other side of that isn't a consideration right that's that's exactly it i suppose where where eights might say i'm gonna win this person because i'm strong Mm -hmm. or threes are gonna say i'm gonna win this person because i'm amazing sevens optimism towards like this person's going to fall in love with me yeah duh yeah yeah because i'm charming as hell right see peter peter quill you know kind of um (laughs) kind of image there lastly problem solving takes on a different 
uh, road here. The the five is going to solve problems thoughtfully. Seven, optimism again is how they solve seven solve problems. Mm-hmm. Sevens can clearly diagnose if they need to, and and apply their vast mental energy to a problem, but it's, that's not necessarily how sevens solve problems. Yeah, it's, sometimes solving the problem means just getting away from it. Yep. Yeah. If and this is part of I mean we go into this in our stress and security uh, work that we did earlier this year, but if it became a problem for a seven it means the seven wasn't able to think hard enough about the problem in the moment to find an answer because they live in thought. Right. And so if it's become a problem, that means that they weren't able to mentally solve it. And so they're moving into their coping style. Right. And now it becomes, well, let's be optimistic about this. Yeah. It's clearly a problem. Or there's not a problem here. Let's go ride bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Or let's just ditch this room altogether. Yeah. Or uh, I, I should say it a different way because I'm I feel like I I often put sort of a nine spin on this like the the positive outlook of of sevens is like nines ignore the problem just go to sleep to it but sevens is like like they sort of it's it's more that they just run away from it yep it, it's not there isn't a problem here it's oh look over there right it's like yeah I'll leave this for someone else so. I've never shared this story before. I went to, so I used to do church work. I went to a conference in a, in a, in, in California. It was like this beachside thing. And the person leading it was a seven who I respect the hell out of. And they served communion to everybody at the very end, the very last thing we did. Mm-hmm. And I wanted this to be special. And I kind of sat there for a while and I ended up being the last person to go up. Mm-hmm. Well, it just so happened that this person was offering bread. You dipped it in a cup and took it and then you gave the person a hug. They, they wanted to just kind of impart, like, I care about you. There was only a handful of people here, right? And I'm the last one. Mm-hmm. Take the bread, eat it, go to give him a hug. I uppercut the goblet it, and it went flying across the room and all the rest of the wine just covered these white drapes on this beach side. It was a very nice room, just mm-hmm. so you know. Mm-hmm. The bill I got, because I was the one who decided to contact the the hotel afterwards and say, hey, yep. man, I'm the one that... that uh, uppercut the wine goblet uh-huh, uh-huh. was more than what it cost me to stay there sure. you know it's like oh yeah we had that dry clean yeah they like it hadn't been communicated to them at all by the by the person who i'm sure this was a very expensive like retreat i'm sure they made countless thousands of dollars off of it. sure yeah he didn't even talk to the people about of this, course not right yeah and just what is my point here my <laughs> it's like the moving on, it was like like everybody mm-hmm. in the room is watching this. It's like, well, let's let's uh let's go to the next thing. Nobody cleaned up. Nobody like yeah, spent no. time. It was <laughs> anyway. That's not a thing that we have here. to worry about right now. Someone will clean that up. It'll be taken care of. I have other things that I want to do that are fun. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. That's exactly what happened yep. too. <laughs> and you just, you the one want to take responsibility oh. for your mistake and the seven's like this isn't a big deal yes yeah why are we still talking about this went up and apologized afterwards that's exactly what happened uh-huh. well, that's not a big deal yeah 
I, okay. And of course, one that I am, I, I could not get that out of my head for the next. And how many years has it been? 12 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Pop culture wise, it's this is one of those romantic pairings. There just aren't very many. And it's for kind of the reasons that we were saying. Mm-hmm. You're moving in different directions. But sometimes I suppose you find yourself in the, the sweet spot of we're both in the same place at the same time. And this conforms to what I discovered. I think the best example of fives and sevens in romantic relationship is James Bond and some of the women that occupied James Bond films. Sure, yeah. Like, he's a seven, I believe, for the most part, in most of his iterations. Sure. And he'll come across a withdrawn, you know, um, character that is... Christmas Jones, was that her name? (laughs) The nuclear scientist Christmas Jones, played by... Denise Richards? The one that I was thinking of. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember this. I think I watch James Bond films once and I go, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like the last 22 of these. Yep. Except for Skyfall, which is amazing. Agreed. Um, and Casino Real is, is really great. But the the woman in Skyfall actually is a perfect example of it. It's it's the nuclear scientist is a good example of this. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who knows a crap ton about their specialty. Yeah, the adventurous seven comes in, and then there's like we're doing something together. We come together. There's sparks, and we fight the battle together. But there's no roots. Yeah, there's no depth here. Yep, and then they move on. Yep, and then. Unless you are committed to we're doing something together, the, this pro- this probably won't have a relational, you know, uh, roots. The yeah. depth that you Longevity. just don't have. The, there, that's what yeah. I'm looking for. But also the five and the seven, I think, are are very easily suited to the sort of moment in time that this is, uh, because because neither of them are especially because they are on this line they're they're not looking like the the emotional connection is not part of this line yeah it's yeah. that's exactly it yeah. what's interesting is when you then move to siblings or people who are characters in films who come across as brothers and sisters mm-hmm. the list i have in front of me also very task oriented and yeah. very temporary all sure. three of them. The first I have is Ted Lasso and Coach Beard, who uh, in the fantastic Ted Lasso series, you'll notice they come together to win championships, either in football or in soccer, or in football and football, just depending sure. on location at that level. Yeah. But for those of you who haven't seen the end of Ted Lasso, there there may be a separation that takes place. Sure. This was this was temporary, but. I also wonder, like, without without knowing any of the details of that end, because I haven't seen the end of it, uh, <laughs> I I also wonder, w- with a pair like them, they represent, I think, a, a, a commitment that acknowledges the limitations of their relationship, in that, like, they, they both know each other so well that, that their focus can be the the point of their relationship like the the fact that they are really good coaches together Mm -hmm. they know that like they're not going to be like old man best friends playing chess on the porch together like like they're not going to ever intend to share a backyard you know they're because they are 
they're good at working together. They get each other. They're, they're brothers in the sense that like they know what their relationship is. Yeah. And they don't need it to be anything more than that. That's it. Yeah. And they know, I mean, they know that they care about each other. Right. But it's still the case. You just, you can't, you don't have the roots unless it's the common task. Right. They're, they come together for the common task. And actually by the end, both of them are, uh, both of them are actually pulled in opposite directions because of relationships. Sure. It's relationships to other people. Mm-hmm. Where they actually do get a different kind of grounding. Yeah. Second comes to mind is from the fantastic Jaws. Martin Brody and Matt Hooper come together. They need to kill a shark. Yeah. They're not sticking around together after that. No, of course not. They have that dynamic energy. They come together. They do the they do the job. Movie ends with them going off into the sunset, but Matt Hooper's leaving. That right. seven has got other adventures and yeah. Chief Brody is gonna probably continue to be a police officer on his island probably stick around in the same place that he's always lived (laughs) last one i got is the blues brothers which i think is a fantastic illustration of this Mm. if you go with elwood as a five elwood might be a different type but go with me for a second if elwood's a five okay they haven't been together for years right jake's been in prison right elwood is a very withdrawn character it seems to me and and is very focused on his assets his car and his microphone when they come together it's around a thing they need to accomplish they need to save their orphanage that they grew up in right and it's the seven who has the adventurous idea we need to start the band if we start the band we'll get the money to pay for the orphanage and the five is yep that's that's right let's do it he's actually incredibly skeptical except for he has a religious experience sure yeah yeah <laughs> and do you see the light you need james brown to yell into your soul <laughs> <laughs> which is good advice for everyone <laughs> i mean there are some things that are miraculous that you just gotta name them right james brown music can be up there but it's the task. The only reason that they stay together at the end is because they're both put in prison together. And now it's, what do you do they're when you're in prison? They're literally stuck together by outside <laughs> forces. That's right. Yeah. But they're brothers. I like this as the image. You see the image here. It's mm-hmm. it's these siblings who have a relationship that has a surge of energy because they're doing something. Right. Fives and sevens may not be able to keep those relationships together unless they're doing something together. Right. Some of the dynamic to move further into this, when in relationship, one of the great things sevens can bring to fives, I suppose, is that they can run interference for private fives. There can be an outsourcing of, you know, of the the face of our relationship. Sure. Yeah. To the to the yeah. charming seven. Mm-hmm. The seven who brings all of the energy and and is able to communicate with other people and and you know life of the party kind of stuff and and the five who doesn't really want to be noticed at the party. Yep, uh, that actually is a big part of the the dynamic between me and my best friend who's a seven. So like I want to be at the party, but I don't want to be like centered. So when I go places with him, it's like, hey, everybody, look at Joey. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. 
if a five and a seven are in relationship in a business together, this might be also quite valuable. One will have a scarcity mindset. One is going to have a, no, we need to employ all the capital right now kind of mm -hmm. mindset. And if they can communicate, there might be wisdom to be found and you don't get stuck in just hoarding resources or blowing resources. You know, you find the sweet spot. Sure. But I also think that, that this can be like health and balance is always a significant part of how partnerships work. We always, we lean heavily on the wisdom that, that there are no two types that, that can't be paired together. Uh, it, it has so much more to do with the health of the individuals involved. And, and with, with fives and sevens being sort of business partners or, or even, even romantic, I think there's, there's also a strong possibility of the seven being aggressive and unwilling to acknowledge their sort of shortcomings and the five like that, that can easily be something that, that causes the fives disconnection. Right. And, and in this like scarcity uh, consumption kind of mindset, particularly when, when the seven is the one in charge of the purse strings and the five says you 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 need to calm it down and the seven says no it's going to be fine then like that can be a severe uh rift in between these two yep yeah. agreed i suppose that's a lot of the complementary relationships that we're in are going to have that dynamic of mm -hmm. here's where we're really on opposite sides yeah and it might be really beneficial that we come to the world from such places. Right. Or it's going to be the thing that drive us apart. Right. Right. Um, the wisdom here, like one person I know uh, talks about some problems are not there to be solved. They are tensions to manage. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes financial spending in particular has that dynamic of, yeah. you know, obviously we'd all love to, you know, throw as much money as possible into the things we care about. Obviously, we would love to save as much money as we possibly can so that we have stability and grounding for the future. Right. Can't have both. Right. And you, you can't you can't do neither either. Yeah. Because if you, you yeah, if you are spending all of your money on like various projects that you never actually complete or or produce fruit, then then what's the point of spending all of that money? You like especially as business partners like your goal is to grow your business and you're just spending money on frivolous things that doesn't work and if you're saving all of your money and not using it to grow then that's going to be a huge problem yep yeah suppose same thing with your bodies what you do with your bodies mm -hmm. fives have a have a tendency to hibernate and sevens have a tendency to flee right and you can't do both right both types, however, are going to bring a lot of value to the other type. And so but let's start with the stress move. When things crash for fives, when is the case that depth of insight isn't working anymore? They've locked into their very focused little niche, and yet it's not getting them the safety they desire, the, the life they desire. All of a sudden, their movement they, they haven't solved the problems with their head mm. and they move to use the resources at seven 
And if a five has healthy sevens in their lives, those sevens are going to contribute something to them. What is it that, that the relationship on the line here does for the five? Well, I think that there's a lot of things there to be pointed at. Um, we've done extensive work on, on stress and security moves uh, in other recordings, but, but particularly when you're paired with, uh, when fives are paired with sevens, there's a partner to help open the door to the world of possibilities. There's, there's someone who is already on the move saying, yeah, let's, let's go do something like movement is a big part of how fives can sort of get out of the funk of their stress. Um, because like, like sometimes you just need to change settings like the, the Eureka theory of like, you, you think about something else and your subconscious mind comes up with the solution. Sometimes right. you just need to get moving and do something else. And when sevens are already on that path and fives go, okay, I need to get away from this. Like the sevens like, cool, let's go. There's, there's new opportunities ahead. There's, there's things to be had. There's, there's ways to get around this. There's a creativity that, that fives can't necessarily see because they aren't moving around the problem to view it in different ways. Like there's, there's so much about a lot of the like sevens natural energy and aggression and, and, and just sort of pulling into, into new things that, that fives need to get out of their hole every once in a while. And, and the stress move is one of the main things that, that sort of kicks them out of that space in philosophy there's a st a line that there is no perspective from nowhere there, yeah. you're always looking from somewhere yeah and if a five has entrenched they're they're in that one space observing from that one space sevens often offer movement right let's look at it from over here and the change of perspective might be the thing that breaks open some of the things the five needs to wrestle with and see right. from a different vantage point. Yeah. That, by the way, is where stance comes in. You're, you're moving from withdrawn tools to moving to assertive tools. Right. You got some aggressive tools going on now. They're action oriented tools. Mm -hmm. And because you weren't able to solve the problem in your center, now you're using those, uh, those, yeah, those tools at seven. Yeah. And even at the most basic level, I think there's a there's a certain amount of like yeah, they're both head types, and it's it a big part of being a head type is that you're concerned about the categorization of data. Mm -hmm. But sevens, I think, take all of it a lot less seriously. Mm -hmm. And when when the the five can't solve the problems that they're faced with then it might be the case that the problem that they're faced with is not a big deal. And the seven helps yeah. them take it less seriously. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up is when talking, for those of you who are more advanced on Enneagram, you'll, you can fill in the gaps here. When going to the high side of either stress and security, some of the things you need to elevate are the holy ideas and the virtues and the holy idea for seven is wisdom. Wisdom is different than data. Yep. Wisdom has value judgments all over it. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is what ought I to believe, what is good, what is beautiful, what is worthy. It is tinged with 
something that's just more, it's more than mere data. And if you can get wisdom in your stress number as a five, that's, that's true grounding. Right. And, and you can't have complete knowledge without wisdom. And, and if you aren't getting, again, if, if you're being moved into a stress place, getting wisdom to understand what to do with the knowledge that you have is a, it's, it's going to be necessary. Yep. It's perfect. Wittgenstein ends his most famous book by saying, even when all the, all the facts are known, even when all the scientific facts are known, the questions of life remain completely untouched. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the Tractatus. The, the image being that you can know everything there is to know, and yet you still need to decide what to do next. Yep. And that takes wisdom. And yep. it's different than just mere knowledge. Right. Last side of this, then, is the coping style. The coping style for sevens is optimism. And in stress, that can be incredibly helpful for fives who might get bogged down in kind of the negative way of viewing things. Right, right. And the part of why fives are secretive and and sort of hoard their resources and like, you know, scroogish about things is because they don't have a positive view of what the world is going to do with their resources. Yeah. And and part of of good stress is letting go of that because you don't actually have control of that in the first place. Love that. That may be the most time we've ever spent on a single pairing. Well done, us. <laughs> uh, I bet cumulatively we've we've spent an awful lot of time on the 9-1 pairing. Oh, that's, a, that's true. That's a, you're not wrong. Well, moving to the three sixes then. Uh, sixes in stress are going to imp- uh, grab hold of some tools at three. Lots to be said here as well. And similar to fives and sevens, this is not a very common romantic pairing. It can be, but uh, I there are very few that I can think of, and I know why I think this this pairing would be on the face of it would be rather difficult. Sure. However, in work relationships and in friendships and perhaps in siblingships, uh, I bet you'll see these these pairings coming together. Sure, I've seen it a lot in workplaces. Right. And that's that's nearly all of my notes end up going down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of assertive types paired with reactive types just get stuff done. Right. Be- because the reactive type is matching their energy to, you know, pairing their energy with the assertive type. Right. And so now you have, you know, two people doing the task. Yeah. Another way one might say that, another way I might say that you wouldn't say it this way, but it's, it's almost like a following the leader kind of situation. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Uh, With, with, with a lot of them. Yep. Or, you know, when I, you know, I, I find myself as a leader in most of the spheres that I'm in and the, the assertive types that are in my employee or, you know, who, you know, if, if Kelly jumps into something that I'm into, um, I'm setting out an agenda, but they are bringing a ton of mm-hmm. the fuel. Yep. The get it done so, energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I need that. I react to the get it done energy. Right. So, um, there, I, for threes and sixes, 
note, both these types really gain a lot of their personal value from the community. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so in work environments, there it is. Yep. Lots of hard work coming from threes and sixes when meeting goals, um, especially it seems to me financial. And this is for different reasons. Yes. Threes, I mean, you could speak to this. Yeah, but- threes, uh, financial success is not almost paramount. It's it's If you are going to be a successful looking person, finances needs to be a part of it. Yeah. Money is a big part of the the presentation of being successful, and and threes are going to know how to make themselves look successful. So it they may not have a lot of money, but they know how to make do well with what they do have. Yep. Or at least present well with what they do have. And sixes are terrified about having money like this is this is one of the main sources of not having security money. exactly yeah um that this is one of the most common conversations my wife and i have jesus six and she is very concerned about money all the time and uh it it's devoid of of facts and and appropriate constructive thinking because that is the thing that sixes struggle with they do unproductive thinking and so money is a a constant concern for them similarly threes and sixes can both be very competitive and both be workaholics for the identical reasons one is about appearance and one is about safety and security and making sure everybody making sure that they don't lose what they have right and that they don't get kicked out of the group or fired. Yeah. Lots of uh, desire from threes and sixes for external reassurance, it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, coming back to that, um, the, the, the head and the heart, the yeah. sixes are needing reassurance because they, they don't trust themselves and they don't trust what people have said. They don't trust the past. And so they need reassurance on a regular basis to, to do their thinking for them. And threes need reassurance because they identify themselves based on what other people think about them. Yep. Or I should say how other people feel about them. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And both can be conformists and really embrace and engage, you know, elevate what's expected of them. Yes. It's again the case that, like, as opposed to the idealists, one, fours, and sevens, who can really move to becoming more individual, mm-hmm. or fi- even fives and eights, I suppose, can become more individual. Nines can become more individual at times. Threes and sixes, man, are, are just feel like they're wired for the corporate um, sort of conformity. Yeah. It's like, here's our body, here's, here's our crew, here's the, the larger entity. And, and they both need to be a part of it. And even yeah. in relationship, I think this is part of why we don't see threes and sixes paired as often because they they essentially become mirrors of each other. And this is one of the things that I've realized about my a lot of my relationships with other nines is we're trying to figure out what, what to do to keep the peace with the other person so we're merging with the other person but when you merge with a mirror you're merging forever into infinity <laughs> so it's nothing 
and and with threes and sixes, it's a very similar thing. It's it's the six needs to know who they need to what they need to do in order to maintain their position in the relationship. And the three needs to know who they become in order to be viewed as successful, to be praiseworthy. And so they're reflecting each other. That's exactly it. For different reasons. Yep. Just tell me who to be and I'll be it. And the other one is saying the same thing. Need the feedback. Threes need the reassurance at some level. Mm-hmm. Sixes push for people to respond to, you know, to their anxiety to their concern for the group and and to tell them here are the rules and how you stay a part of the tribe kid right the differences are again going to be pretty obvious if you've seen these two in action and a lot of them are going to come from as you were saying one's a heart type one's a head type and one's aggressive and and one's reactive right and a lot of this is going to come out of those places the primary underlying motive three is one attention and success six is are all about what safety codependence security and connection and yeah. and and in a way these are very 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 similar yep as we said because yeah it it their their place in the herd ensures their place in the herd mm-hmm. uh but it's just for very different reasons right i suppose to jump ahead in my list one seems to me much more individual focused like threes especially average or unhealthy threes can become all about themselves and sixes are not doing that. They are going the opposite direction to a fault. Right. You know? Right. Well, and, and the, like you may, we, we make this joke a lot. Like if, if a, if a three goes on a hike in the forest, but it doesn't take its phone to Instagram it, did it really happen? Like it, like they're, it is an elevation of the self, but divorced from the crowd, they have no self. They yeah. they only know they're successful because other they are comparing themselves to other people. Yeah. Yeah, it's feedback and comparison. Right. There is a focus then, because they're part of the community, there's the three that wants to appear impressive. The six wants to appear as well, but it's more of a, I want to appear compliant. I want to appear like I'm doing the job obeying mm-hmm. the rules being part of you know the system almost even i threes don't want to be seen as a failure sixes don't want to get kicked out because of their failure ooh yeah mhm that's a good one yeah the focus on how i want to appear and the motive behind that real interesting mm-hmm. um there's the confident side of threes. There's the anxious side of sixes. Mm-hmm. There's the optimistic side that goes alongside that with threes. And there's the pessimistic side of, of sixes. Right. Which can be great compliments to each other, but it's certainly very different and, and yep. can also be a source of huge frustration for each. Yep. I think this is the place that the tension when i see threes and sixes not mesh together oftentimes the reason is because the three gets frustrated Mm -hmm. and it comes out of this spot that for the three the future is a place to dominate and Mm -hmm. be glorious and for the six the future is a place of 
threat and uncertainty. Yep. And the three cannot handle that at some levels. Mm-hmm. If you're going to consistently bring an attitude toward the future that is negative, we can't work together. Right. Well, and similarly, like like the the inability to reframe the six's negativity, mm-hmm. but also from the six perspective, the the inability to trust the three who's constantly moving forward without yeah without really like like threes are already on Tuesday and the six yep. is like well wait but what about Monday come yep. on we have to deal with Monday too and and that can be a serious place of distrust for the six that's a great way to put it the distrust because we we need to shore up what's important now mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, and we need to consider all of the days. We didn't yep. finish today yet. We need to consider tomorrow too. Yep. How are you already on Tuesday? You are this is a problem for threes with some other types, uh for example, ones. <laughs> that you're doing the job too quickly. You're not doing it well. Uh-huh. You need to you need to engage yep. the task at hand. Yeah. Because otherwise we can't we're cut that corner. Come, yeah. It's the corner cutting. Yep. We can't cut that corner for you because it's wrong for sixes because we'll get in trouble. That's what it is. Your efficiency is going to get us in trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. The, I suppose the last thing I have is that the three really focuses in terms of the tribe on comparison and the six really focuses on being amenable and part of the tribe it's like the three wants to be distinct and sh- you know show off. This is how much different I am, better I am. Uh, this is how I'm elevating yeah. in comparison with others. Whereas the six, the more they can blend, that would be a value. Yeah, sure. Well, I think there's, I think there's a a lot of similarity within the world of comparison. But I think the three, like like we we can talk about the optimism pessimism issue in like parrot here as well because the three is comparing themselves in like it's look how much better i am than this and the six is like at least like like i want to make sure i'm not as bad as this or or look at the ways that they're failing kind of Mm -hmm. like i i don't want to be like that because that will get me in trouble Ooh. Yeah, one is focused on standing out positively. Mm-hmm. One is focused on standing out Blending negatively. Blending in positively. Yeah, right. Like they they don't want to be noticed by the way. Like, like there there is still a significant level of comparison. Like like, but threes want to stand out, and sixes don't want to be noticed for standing out. So it's it's it's. It's almost like a a positive spin on the comparisons. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be better so that I stand out. And the six, it's it's sort of like I want to make sure I don't get noticed by by failing. Yep. Yeah. Very hard to find a pop culture reference here. So this is yep. a this is a deep dive, but it's from what I think is the greatest cartoon ever made, which is Miss Frisbee and the Rats and Nim, or it's the Secret and Nim. Right. Uh, just if you haven't seen this movie, it's a delight. It is an absolute treasure. And I think her character 
uh, Miss Frisbee is a mouse whose whose husband has died, left her with three the care of three little baby mice. Um, one of which Tim is sick. Everything is a future problem. Everything is gonna like Tim's sick. Uh, there's a huge cat that might get him. There's then and the the plow is coming. This is this is the heart of this movie. Is they have they live in this little cinder block. Normally they can move. Ever, the whole family away when the plow comes and and eats up the field that they live in but but their little kid can't move mm-hmm. and so she needs to figure out a way to move her entire house this cinder block hmm. and it's it's this story about this this little mouse um it's it really feels like the hobbit or it feels like a, it actually feels like a medieval you know fairy tale kind of story but it's set sure. in like Kansas and there's these rats who have been scientifically engineered, like they were experimental rats, sure. and they, they now have heightened intelligence. Uh-huh. And Miss Frisbee goes to the owl. Uh, this owl is this this wonderfully uh, animated, uh, you know, imposing figure who tells her to go to the rats and them and they'll help. Long yeah. story short, she's a six. It's a great story about about being courageous for the sake of your family. Mm-hmm. But she falls in love with a new guy, and he's a three, and his name's Justin, Naturally. and he's one of the and he's one of the the main rats. Yeah. Deep dive. That was the that was, that was the only pairing I could think of. <laughs> um, but it's a tremendous movie. Really worth watching. Yeah. Um, it it appears that you haven't seen this movie. Yet. I I have no recollection of ever seeing this film. You should. So you should. You talk about it all the time. I you should absolutely. Get Fiona to watch it with you. I'm oh sure. yeah, it's, that's right. I have a reason to watch cartoons like that. It's like an hour and twenty minutes. It's kind of scary in some spots. Sure. So just know going in, um, but it's an animated show. Yeah. Guy who did uh, who else did he? Do? He was. It's a real famous animator. Um, he did like Dragon's Lair and um, other things. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The only non-romantic pairing I had from our conversations is Tony Stark and Rhodey. Yeah, that works. Never realized that Tony Stark is a rock star and he mm-hmm. has a Rhodey. Rhodey. <laughs> <laughs> but also notice the the significant tension in their relationship. Like that. Yep. Like I I think the the six three re- tension is better represented by um, Terrence Howard. Than yeah. by Don Cheadle, Agreed. Um, and and part of, like part of that's because Don Cheadle starts to throw some of his energy back at at um, Robert Downey Jr. in a way that I don't think Terrence Howard could, right? Uh, which makes which also makes their relationship more interesting to watch from the outside. Uh, we yeah we don't need to get any more into that, but like there's a there's a significant representation of someone like when they are paired together, this, this couple, like you can see the frustration from the six of like, just do what you need to do on the three. And the, the sort of when, when Tony is frustrated with Rhodey, it has more to do with like, why are you following the rules? Like you get the Humvee, I'm gonna go in the fun V. <laughs> it's, it's correct, right? Yeah, yeah. And that uh, displays exactly the tension that these will experience, right? Rule follower versus 
it's not seven-ish energy from the three. Um, like we're we're gonna have fun, right? But it, it it's em, what embrace the the delights of success and mm-hmm. like the like this is the highest standard you can you can have right here, right? Let's shine, baby. Yeah, yeah. Don't be bogged down by the rules because we could we can do whatever we want. It's like, well, actually, no, I can't do whatever I want. I'm in the military. And I'm... <laughs> in the military. <laughs> One of the real values is the the three saying you need to take care of yourself and the six saying you need to take care of the community. And if they yeah. come together here, it works. Yeah. And, and especially because of the importance of not doing one at the expense of the other. Yeah. And and when when these two come together and the six says you need to do what's good for the community, a healthy three can say, actually, only doing what's good for the community is really bad for your soul. So right. like ask for recognition, get them to give you a raise, get them to at least say thank you because you'd serve it. And we'll build on that in a second because that is the tools mm-hmm. that the six needs to pick up and stress. Yeah. Right. Right. And vice versa. The the yeah. six saying to the three, you know, taking all the credit, not necessarily great. Maybe you should lift up your organization. I don't know what the opposite looks like, but I can see unhealthy threes tearing down sixes pretty quickly if they're not healthy people. Sure. Yeah. Um, and again, just there's a lack of chemistry, unfortunately, if both of them aren't both real secure mm-hmm. or healthy. Yeah. Enneagram Institute says of, of the problems within this uh, pairing, both sixes and threes have feelings, but they tend to put them aside in order to get the job done, whatever it is. Their different coping styles can get on each other's nerves by reminding them of their weak spots. That's what came out for me there. The yeah. Six's coping style is emotional reaction. So when mm-hmm. sixes solve problems, they want everyone around them to feel the same way they do mm-hmm. about what they see as a problem. Right. And this is something that threes will have a very difficult time with if they're not empathetic and compassionate. Right. Well, the, the, they, they sort of match each other on the doing level of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, like head and heart, their sixes are repressed in that head space they they don't think productively and threes are repressed in that feeling space they don't feel productively they don't engage their emotions productively and so like the the six looking for an emotional response from the three who doesn't feel productively and the three looking for solutions devoid of feelings right from Yep. The six who doesn't think productively. That's a great way to phrase it. It's a that. huge space of tension. Yep. What's interesting to me on this front is sixes do really get along well with the two other aggressive types, especially with eights romantically. Mm-hmm. But part of that is because of the eights posture. The yeah. eight wants to help mm-hmm. those the eight sees as needing help. Yeah. That's not how threes work. Well, I think that the eight and the six can also uh, have more productive arguments. Yeah. 
because they're solving problems in mm-hmm. similar fashion, and because the the argumentativeness of the eight can draw out some of the like more aggressive tendencies of the six in a counterphobic space. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Let me unpack that real quick. Eights likewise solve problems with emotional reaction, yep. and yep. so they want people to feel a certain way. And mm-hmm. so if both both of them are that this will be a very heightened energy environment, the six right. and the eight solving problems, but this right. is how they solve problems. And right. so it will just come out in yep. that way. The seven is going to meet the sixes. Um, haven't you seen all the problems ahead mm-hmm. with, okay, take my hand and let's yep. go way over here. Yep. I've, oh, and I, I have seen all of the problems ahead. Here's how I've already addressed them. Let's yeah. move on. Or now. there you go. There's another yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, and that can be a great pairing. Right. So it's interesting in terms of it's not just like aggressive types and reactive types often pair well together. But here's mm-hmm. one of the combinations. It's just it's going to be trickier with threes and sixes. Right. So on that front, sixes do pick up some fantastic tools in three space. And right. if they have really healthy friends, romantic partners, uh, siblings, who are threes, what do sixes gain from their healthy threes in relationship? I I, I think even even leaders and, and bosses, like when when there's a when there's a good connection there, mm, the the good. six can see what what the three is capable of in a leadership position and sort of like move toward that level of just like trusting your own instincts and doing what needs to get done and and i think even like at the three position this the three can can showcase and say hey i recognize all of the work that you're doing behind the scenes and it's okay to ask people to recognize it yep because a three will see it and and also recognize that the six doesn't doesn't know how to to draw attention to themselves. Yeah. Can't be underestimated the value of a good hype man. Right, right. And threes are great hype men. Especially if one of the things the threes can do is they can engage the past. Mm-hmm. And sixes have a hard time engaging the past. Right. So if the three is saying, do you realize how well you did here, 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 and here? You're mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. Trust yourself. Yep. Get up and do it. Yeah. Or or even go demand that raise. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve it because of these things. And you need to write this down because you won't remember them when you get into that meeting. And here's why you deserve it. Yeah. And also, I I can tell how that your boss feels about you because I'm better at reading people than you are because Ooh. you don't trust them. True. Yeah. And those tools, in theory, are available to the six when they go into stress. Yeah. Right. Right. You'll notice again the pushing into the individual here. I deserve a raise is self-focused, but mm-hmm. it's not always negative. Right. Right. Because because sometimes you do and the only thing stopping you is ask is that you won't ask for it. Right. The assertive quality that can come out in mm-hmm. stress for the six can be quite valuable. Right. Especially on the high side. There is a, um, again, to push into holy ideas and virtues, um, there's a hopefulness to be found at the high side of three 
that sixes need. Mm-hmm. And and not a not a blind hope like what's <laughs> what exists at, th- at nine on the other in the other direction. It's more of a um, like a reframing optimism because the threes are also still going to be interested in doing the work. It's like it, it's it's not just uh, like everything will work out for the best. It's 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 a reframing of here's the things that we can do, mm-hmm. and with a hopeful bent on it. Yep. Yeah. All of these, it seems to me, kind of come down to a message that it uh, it's almost like just overstated towards sixes, and that is, it's okay to engage that gear where you say, "Pay attention to me." And I'm worth it. Yeah. Like oftentimes that's actually what we want from the six mm-hmm. is a, is more um, self-awareness, self-concern, self-protection, um, like self-advocacy. It's part of your full humanity. If you blend, if you blend completely into the family, the organization, you don't exist. Right. You need to, in order to be you, you need to have both an anchor in the community and the family and all the rest, but you also need to be you. Right. Something you can pick up at three. Right. On the flip side, threes need to get out of everything being about themselves and how they look. The more that threes elevate others, see themselves as part of the communal success, um, do the hard work of slowing down and doing things well for the sake of everybody else. That's mm-hmm. that's some high level skill for a three. Right. And and prioritizing of what needs to be addressed when in a way that is more concerned about the common good than it is about my own success mm-hmm. can can help threes like really become more useful members of society. High level things that sixes naturally know in in the life of threes might encourage is self sacrifice. Right. Um, one of my favorite depictions of a three is Tom Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow. That's kind of how the movie ends. Is with him, the three, getting to a place where he's communicating to others. You know, if things go really bad, they say, "What do you? What do we do?" And he essentially says, "You take it for the team." Right. And that image of i mean really high level threes threes at their healthiest will sacrifice their reputation for the sake of people they love right you know sometimes you're just invited into that space right you can learn that at six i suppose on the virtue side there's faith uh faith is available at six for threes if they're looking for what's the high side of your security number look like Mm -hmm. um faith has enormous energy grounded energy um it's the base tones that threes i think need because so much of appearance is superficial and thin but Mm -hmm. faith faith is like actually robust foundational steel in your spine kind of power right and coming back to what i said earlier about with sevens and the like believing they have the ability to to restructure the world according to how they think it should be or or how it's supposed to be or or whatever like there there's a sense of threes insisting on doing all of the things in order to 
make sure things go the way they think it's supposed to. And at six, at that that faith spot, one of the things that they get from faith is that things might work out with your without your intervention. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Eights, threes, and ones need to hear that message. Agreed. There's a very strange triad there worth exploring, but Mm -hmm. um, eights, threes, and ones are just they're just consumed with value through what they achieve. Last word on this pairing? I think one of the things that, like, if you are in a 6-3 relationship, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're already aware of some of the things that need to be uh, addressed and worked on and, and what you can do. But I think there's a, a real sense of understanding that, like, there's so much about you that is similar that you should be leaning on. And you need to understand that it's similar from a different perspective. And like like the things that you see about each other that you really do gel well, you will understand your differences if you understand that your gelling is from a different perspective. Mm. Yeah, that's a good word. Last pairing here is the move from sevens to one in stress. Uh, this is actually a real common pairing in romantic relationships. And I think we'll see why as we kind of play this out. Sure. Um, Both are idealists. That can both be helpful and a negative in -hmm. relationships. Uh, Both can express their anger and frustration. Yeah. Again, that actually can can be a uniting place of all things. Right. You're both frustrated about the same thing, actually has some energy behind it. Right. Uh, Both can prefer to escape. I think one's are much more inclined when things really break and they don't know what to do to actually say, okay, yeah, I'll leave, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, let's get away. Let's yeah. just get away from the problem for a while. But I also think that that's part of where, uh, like, like we talk about with ad- addiction and ones, it's often times that it's hidden. Yeah. And, and with other types like sevens are less, much less likely to hide their addiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but when ones hit that place of frustration and, and need to escape, it can often be in a hidden way and into things that are bad for them. And they're yeah. hiding it because it's bad for them. And also they lack the charm to, <laughs> to make excuses for it. Right. I know one seven in particular that has a history of driving without being certain that they're sober and... Uh. They may also have some other, you know, natural, normal human vision problems. And they just, you know, charm the heck out of telling people that they weren't sober when they drove. It's like, this is not okay, but it is a funny story. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's hilarious until until you hit a grandma on the side of the road. Yep. Yep. Yeah, both both can struggle with self-destructive addictions. And I suppose both in the midst of that can actually be highly self-critical. Right. The difference is, I think as we say these, you're going to see the complementariness of of the differences, one. And you can also see where these would be great tools for both types. Right. Uh, Ones are more strategic. Sevens are more spontaneous. Right. Those are both complementary 
and it's fantastic when you can surrender your spontaneity to stri- to strategy for a minute. It's mm-hmm. also great when you're hyper strategic and can surrender to spontaneity. Right. Right. There is a self-consciousness that ones hold. There's the nonchalant posture that sevens can can hold. And again, compliments and and uh, like you could see how they work together, and you can also see how they sort of draw out better things from each other. Because they're thinking repressed, ones have to be very methodical in their thinking, whereas mm-hmm. sevens are very quick thinkers. Right. But because they're very quick thinkers, sometimes they miss, and so there's there there are blind spots for both. Right. Absolutely. There is a preference for order that comes from ones, and there's a rejection of orders, or maybe. Uh, Sevens don't require order. Right. Ones can be highly conscientious of others. That's not the case with sevens. There's like a lowered awareness of others. Mm-hmm. But again, that the lowered awareness of others isn't necessarily a negative. Well, I, I, I'd even drill a little bit further into this and, and suggest that the ones are hyper conscious of the effect that they have on others and mm-hmm. often to a detriment like they're yep. there's they're overdoing what they think they they're they how they think they are affecting other people yeah. and sevens are unaware of the effect that they have on or are overly positive about the effect they have on other people it's an excellent way to put that sevens are starters yeah one ones are finishers Yep. This is a great compliment, and this is a place of true tension. Significant tension between ones and <laughs> this, sevens, this especially is where, when they work together. This is where fights break out for sure, <laughs> and it's not. And that energy is not coming from the seven. <laughs> for the most part, well, the seven, the seven's on ready to move on. They the seven might be saying, do. "Why the hell are you still doing that thing? That was mm-hmm. three weeks ago." Yeah, that actually could be a thing. That, well, and that goes towards, like, sevens are a speed-oriented type. Ones are detail-focused. Right. And it's hard to be both at the same time. Yeah. Both uh, ones and sevens, because they're idealists, pull others into their stuff. Ones are offering improvement. Sevens are going to offer the adventure and excitement. Mm-hmm. If you, again, if you can find the sweet spot, it can it can work. Right. But it's again the case, and we we said this with the ones and fours. Idealists, if they're in relationship, probably need to hammer out space away from each other. Right, right. Because the 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 focus for each, like that that idealism, can get really contentious because they are certain that theirs is the right thing to be focused on. Mm-hmm. And, and if they don't have space where they can just be themselves and, and, and be focused on improvement versus excitement or excitement versus improvement, then, then they're just going to be fighting about which one is more important. That's it. I know of one couple who strike me as a very healthy couple. He will routinely go on a week-long backpack excursion, mm-hmm. bring in three bottles of scotch and 28 cigars, Sure. And and she's at home, and it, it's glorious to get him out of the house because she's going to to you know nitpick the hell out of their living space and right. make it the way that she desires, so she can be there 
both of them, that's about atmospheres they want to enter into, experiences they want to enter into. Mm -hmm. They look opposite, but they both just want things the way they want things. They right. have ideals. Right. And those ideals aren't complementary. The cigar right. smoke will get in the way of the house and its orderliness. <laughs> well, and I think even even going a little bit further than uh, like that desire to sort of improve the spit, like thinking about these idealists, like they they there's an a fair element of control yeah. that that we're yeah. talking about, and and the seven their control means not being bogged down by details that they think are unimportant, and the one part of their control is in not having chaos like living in the systems that they've enacted because this is the right way for these things to be done and when someone else even is present they are not in control in the same way anymore yep and yet they come back together in the complementary ways and it works right there's a default that ones have to being serious Especially mm -hmm. when problems emerge and there's right. a default to enthusiasm or yeah. optimism for sevens. Again, yeah. the coping styles really are going to color a lot of this. Right. Um, that, what would you call this? Like there's a tightly insistent posture for ones and there's a undisciplined almost or a loose uh, posture for the seven. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this comes out of where they find their value, and we've said this before, but the temptation for ones is I am what I do. And right. for sevens, it's I am what I have, and those are different here. Right, right. We we talked about this a lot with the the threes and the sixes, and, and there's a similar, like, I am what I have for the six. I am what other people think about me for the three. And so, like, looking thinking about that lens with a lot of these things that we've already talked about, like the, the one is very concerned about the output, about what things look like. And you have to address the uh, inner stuff, the, the foundation to make sure that your house is correct. And like the, the, the work needs to be correct and right and good and, and sound and all of that stuff because I am what I do because the the output is about like if it's not good fruit then I'm not a good tree. It's a physical comfort way of being in the world. All the body types want to mm -hmm. feel physically a certain way. Right. The that idealism is there I think in terms of like it's it's not as comfort oriented as a 9 may appear. It's mm -hmm. the one it's I'm going to feel comfortable because things have been organized and ordered in a, in the way that I idealistically envision. Right. And and the seven wants experiences, wants to 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 draw in and consume life and and so like order is less important because maybe order is keeping you back from something fun and uh like spontaneity is more important because you have to be willing to pivot to turn to whatever's next and on all of these things it's um i think that i am what i do i am what i have is is such a big part of recognizing both the similarities and the the differences order means you're interested in staying here 
that is not the objective. Right. <laughs> That's absolutely not. not. Yeah. The I am what I have is I have as we as we've said I have opportunity I have possibilities mm-hmm. I have new things to experience all of these what the all of these communicate is I am safe. Yeah. Because I can always jump. Right. Lots of pop culture examples. My favorite recently is from Better Call Saul. I think sure. Saul, Saul Goodman and Kim Wexler are a fantastic image of a 7-1 couple. Who plays Kim Wexler? Rhea Seahorn. Stellar actress. Really uh, just bit role player for years and years and years and years. And then she just crushed this part. Yeah. It's and and my... similar to Bob Odenkirk a and even, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah. Brian Cranston. Who started the whole thing? Yeah, the comedy actress Michael um, McKean. Michael McKean, yeah. I mean, everyone in the the writing is so good. Sure. And then and the actors know it, and they just don't miss. <laughs> it's such a good show <laughs> that like there has never been a character that I have cheered harder for not to die than Kim Wexler. Like, like it's like I emotionally invested in, uh, in this person. Nice. Anyway, uh, Harry Burns and Sally Albright from when Harry met Sally might be a good example of a seven, one combination. She is very nitpicky about how everything gets ordered. And I think he is a, he's fleeing pain is what it seems to me throughout that movie. So that's, I mean, in terms of, and that may be a number one romantic comedy on a lot of people's list. And so right. if you're looking for a pairing, that, that's a good one. Yeah. I should watch that again with that in mind. It's been a while. Voracious appetite from Harry. He's like, he's sleeping with everybody. And, sure. And she's yeah. sleeping with nobody. <laughs> right. just very, very picky. Yeah. Um, about having, what was it? There's like a line about her uh, not wanting to have sex on the, the Spanish tile kitchen floor. <laughs> mm, <laughs> and, yeah. And the rest. Anyway. The the last line of that, uh, when he makes up with her, is so crushing. It's something like when when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, then you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And and then she says something about her anger. It's like, see, you say things like that, and it makes it impossible for me to hate you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It's something like that. The last one I had is like Jack Black and whoever his, you know, the 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 female in the story is is normally uh-huh. a one. So sure. when when he's in Nacho Libre, he's like united with a nun. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's some order. Or yeah. in School of Rock, he's united with the principal, and she's yeah. got some rules. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yep. he pulls that principal out of her shell with right. some Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, and, so good. <laughs> Joe, Joe Cusack's character. Um, Man, I love Joan Cusack so much. She's great. Oh, I just love her. Lots of non-romantic one sevens as well, and you see the tension and the complementariness again. Mm-hmm. The one that pops for me immediately is is Chris Farley and David Spade. Um, David Spade might be a five, but yeah. his but his Tommy Boy character, the M and M's going into the the heater. And, you know, like all the jokes are about Chris Farley breaking <laughs> David Spade's stuff. Am I wrong there? I'm on I'm on board with Chris Farley being a seven in that, uh, with Tommy being a seven. But I don't know about 
David Spade because he's so sarcastic. Okay. And I don't know any ones who are sarcastic. I think like I, I get in trouble with ones for being sarcastic sometimes. <laughs> you got from shooting from the hip. You got David Spade typing. Uh... Uh, I I would I don't know, uh, especially in Tommy Boy because he's such a jerk. I I don't have something off the top of my head, but for the sake of your argument, like I I get what you're saying, like the the chaos of the seven who's just trying to have fun and the guy who just wants his car to be nice because he spent so much time restoring it. Chris Farley puts on his coat and rips it. Yeah. <laughs> catches here's one catches David Spade masturbating and then who like quickly runs over and hides under the covers because yeah, he got caught. Uh huh. And the seven is is, is <laughs> making a joke about it, and and also trying to to draw out like like this is not something to be that upset about. Yeah, like it's just a thing that happened. But but I can tell that you feel bad. Therefore, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna lean on your insecurity about this. Gonna make the argument in future podcasts on the uh, movie typing podcast feed that we have. We might hit Star Trek. And I love me some 2009 Star Trek with mm-hmm. Quinto. I like Spock in that 2009 version as a one mm-hmm. more than a five. I think that Nimoy's Spock is definitely a five. Agreed. Quinto, Quinto's Spock is angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he routinely is shown to be angry. Well, and, that, and uh, I, like you, you, with, Lean, with Leonard Nimoy's Spock, you see someone who... Uh, thinks about the feelings after he's had them mm-hmm. and or or has the feelings after the events even and and with quinto's spock you see someone who reacts to his feelings a lot yeah. there it is yeah and is actively trying to repress mm-hmm. his sexual energy his anger yep and he's trying to follow the rules. Right. Do what's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, whereas Kirk, the Christopher Pines, Chris, Chris Pine? Yeah, Chris Pine. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pines, Kirk, it, it strikes me as just adventurous. I mean, he's the, going into deep space. And, and literally the first, the first scene of him as a quote unquote captain is actually him and the test where he instead of yeah. following the rules of the test he found a back door he found a way out like he 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 quote unquote cheated by finding another way and that's quintessential 7 yep yeah. there it is two other ones that strike me just for fun is i like steve jobs as a 1 and i love wozniak as a 7 if mm-hmm. you see it there's there's a, a, a he could be maybe not as aggressive maybe i'm wrong there in the movie, Wozniak is just always thinking of all these new things. Like he's got sure. this watch that's buffoonish, but he's like always thinking about these new things. And sure. Steve Jobs is, I think, I think Steve Jobs is a one. The mm-hmm. right and wrongness of aesthetics, yeah, real prominent. And I like Nolan's Batman and Joker as a one and seven. We've already talked sure. about the Joker as a seven in our villain deep dive, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of idealism going on in uh, the Bruce Wayne character in Nolan's telling yeah again just to emphasize it just so many pairings of this sort because these are two types that really complement one another and so you should you know you're going to see it in relationships i think the problems so let's talk about relationships here the problems as we kind of said are gonna are gonna revolve a lot around organization finances how we spend our time Mm -hmm. um those elements 
And and I think when there are problems, these types will see their situations as a little bit of oil and water. Yep. Um, because like spontaneous and structured are, are very, very different approaches to life. And, and when you're sort of stuck in one and trying to use it to solve your problems, then the other option being is is essentially the opposite and and like you can really easily see these two seeing things from opposite sides of a chasm it's interesting i i have a text thread going with a friend of mine who's seven and he he's in stress Mm -hmm. and talking about the things he's doing for the organization he leads sure. it all sounds one-ish uh-huh. and i don't have those problems right and all of mine are like this doesn't matter right. you should just uh-huh. go you're, you're you're winning right here i don't know why you're even concerned about this right. and it's so interesting for the seven to get all you know duty yeah. organization need to hire some other people that do things i don't do and black and, and white and yeah I have none of the problems, so I'm just living in security. I'm just like, man, that sounds <laughs> awful. I'm, I'm really glad I'm not there, but but you should worry about that. That's dumb, right? <laughs> so, but that that is uh, the I think one of the better illustrations for what does it look like to pick up tools in your stress number is sevens going to one because mm-hmm. you can see how sevens can get out of control, and you can see how when they enter one space the organizational I need to get my life in order mm-hmm. kicks in and that and that's how they solve you know their problem get right. back into their head right and also you can't like in the one space you might be able to charm your way out of whatever thing that you're doing but the right thing to do involves these steps yeah or even you're unable to charm your way out. And so now you're right. stumbling, bumbling, falling into right. one space. As There's, it turns out, stop trying to charm your way out and like do the thing that you're supposed to do. Yep. It's a fantastic Michael Keaton movie about him as an alcoholic mm-hmm. and called Clean and Sober. Mm-hmm. And he ends up doing exactly that. It's all charming. Yeah. It's all charming. Yep. It's all charming until it's the case that the woman he was with overdoses and is bed mm-hmm. and now he's on the run from her family from the cops from everyone the only place he can think of to hide is to go into rehab perfect because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's anonymous yeah and and but it's also there's like something in his heart that's kind of crying out for the order right that he's been running it's, away from yeah it's a getting out of your head getting into your body mm-hmm. in a different kind of way sevens are very active right like they're secondary centers their body but here it's a different thing, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I, I think that, um, like with, like we we've talked a, a, only a little bit about uh, sort of time orientation, and and with sevens, like everything is the future. Everything that sevens are going through is the future, and ones, everything is the present moment, and and they're not thinking about the future. They're not really necessarily thinking about the past. They're they're thinking about what I need to do right now, and. And when sevens find themselves in that stress place, especially if they have a one that they're friends or partners with, like the, the, the one can be like, okay, here's all the steps that are right in front of you. Stop thinking about tomorrow. Think about right now. What need, what yep. don't think about getting sober, Michael Keaton. Think about what you need to do next. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, you'll see this with one of the the big things in that movie is that 
there's an exercise scene mm-hmm. where the person who's, you know, the, the alcoholic is invited to do push-ups and having a very difficult time getting into their physical body. Right. But when you exercise, it's it, it does. It invites that. I'm here now, present, doing the thing. Right. Right. Um, and it replaces, you know, the, the high mm-hmm. exercise gives you a different kind of a, a natural high that you're trying to re- replicate with chemicals. Right. Sometimes. Right. So. Boom. Last thing on that move to one is notice the holy idea and the virtue. Um, the holy idea is holy order. It again, mm-hmm. that's the high side of your stress number. Right. Very worthwhile. You know, in the virtue, the thing that's kicked out is serenity. Right. There is a letting go that's taking place there. Um, it's a different kind of letting go than seven's experience in terms of being loose. Serenity is, how would you describe serenity? There, there's a sense of seven's running away from things that are negative and, and uh, unpleasant and not wanting to get stuck. And part of order, part of serenity is recognizing that that sometimes, like, that this is part of the greater world that we live in and we can't get away from all of the unpleasantness. And sometimes it's okay to just go through it. And, and yeah. to be sort of, like, at peace with being in places that you don't want to be. I suppose a big part in the in some religious traditions, the holy ideas are going to be like, this is how God is orchestrating things mm-hmm. for, for holy order. It's this is embracing something of everything has its place or there's part of a plan. I do understand that the, this is terrible advice sometimes um, for folks who are really in grief or suffering. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes the negative things we experience ought to be seen in that light and it can be incredibly valuable right and and even if uh, like i'm not necessarily on the side of like you go through all suffering for a purpose but something can be received in those places right and and allowing that to be a possibility i think is something that sevens don't do naturally and they can get from one yeah yeah then you're actually wrestling through the dark emotions. Right. As opposed to just running away from them. Right. On the flip side, ones are going to be able to engage seven tools when they're secure. One thing that's just obvious to me here is that in seven space, one's minds are going to awaken. The mm-hmm. thinking repression kind of dies off a little bit there. They're yeah. engaging their mental life more yeah. in seven space. And opening the world, opening up to the world of possibilities. Yeah. There's there's a sort of like the the lack of spontaneity, the the detail orientation. Like there there's a, a the the present focus. Like it's almost like sevens aren't looking up. They're not they're not looking around because they're so focused on the task at hand. Yep. And again, on the high side of seven, we talked about this with the fives. Fives are focused on data. And in seven space, they get wisdom. Mm-hmm. Notice it's it's real similar for the ones. The ones are focused on the organization and the systems. Yeah. But not all systems are wise. Right. In fact, a lot of times, ones are going to get cut down by everybody else for implementing systems for the sake of the system. Right. You know? Right. And you're not being, it's not a good system. You right. Know, a beneficial system, a thoughtful system. Yeah. Uh, we had a, 
um, just you and me the other day. Uh, you know, we, sh we share a building and, and we're still trying to figure out the details of like who replaces which light bulbs. And the other day I noticed that a, a, a light bulb was out in a set of three sconces. And my mind went through the process of like, we have to change this light bulb. I started to sort of enter into your system, just like years of working with you and thinking about this. And like, this is, this is right in the front of our space. And like, this is something that people are going to see. And so I replaced it with a temporary bulb until we find the right light bulb that will match the other two. And then I asked you about it and you hadn't even noticed. And it's like this beautiful moment of like, I, I, I'm not judging, like there's, there's no sense of like this thing that you focus on is bad. That's, that's not what this is saying at all. But the fact that you didn't notice, I think is such a great sign that you're like, this system is not as important as you think it is. And this time is like, okay, good, let's move on. I don't want to talk about this light bulb anymore he said after telling the story <laughs> so there's there's a sense of like like some systems are good and really important some systems are set in place because you need a system and wisdom might say this is actually not important you may want it here but it's not as important as you think it is yeah if all of my energy was going into that building right now mm -hmm. i bet you it would be different i got a I got a monster project right. somewhere else right. that is sapping all my detail-oriented yeah. <laughs> energies and yeah. time. But part of this, and this is, I, 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 so I have ones in my life. I know how neurotic and, and you know, they can uh, make a person on some of these fronts. The connecting to the world is just, is it's worth naming mm -hmm. on these fronts. The, how should I say this? You know what the light bulb thing does? It... It's one of those helpful things that when a one can see that the system didn't work, but everything turned out fine, that's really valuable. Right. Just like sixes, we can't remember those examples, mm -hmm. you know, and need to be reminded, hey, do right. you remember when this happened? Right. And things went just fine. Yep. Um, ones can get overly detail-oriented and not focus on, here's what's really important and here's what's secondary. Mm -hmm. wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook yeah there there ends up being wisdom at seven ends up going in that place in the, i suppose in a future sense though there with sevens mm -hmm. on this relationship it's just like a lot of relationships but especially this one it seems to me that it's going to require some shared values yeah. some shared ideals yep if you if you find those then they're magnets yep and and really intense and often intentional recognition that you're both idealistic and you might be idealistic about different things. Right. Yeah. Um, last word on this relationship. I suppose that felt like the last word, but. <laughs> well, I also think that, uh, you know, what, Watch out for uh, addiction in this space because yeah. <laughs> the seven might be fine with it and the one might try to hide it and they neither of them will work that hard on fixing it. Yeah. No, it's no joke when ones and sevens just get together on their own. Mm -hmm. Like there can be a lot of overconsumption. Yeah. Sevens give ones permission. Right. And, and ones 
who are resistant to the present. One great way to be resistant to the present is just to to get a big bottle of something. Yep. And that will calm you down. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if the one is uh, unhealthy and in a, like, on top of the world kind of space. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be careful there. Bad news bears. Can I can I go on a rant? <sighs> Do I have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> so, dear listener, okay, so some of you won't will will not care at all, but the, two of the more popular Enneagram podcasts in the last couple weeks suggested there are worthy arguments for seeing ones as the aggressive type and sevens as the dependent compliant type. That ones and sevens should be swapped. And both these are these are not small podcasts. And one of them had a guy who apparently is like one of the architects of Enneagram from the eighties and nineties who was making this argument. Hmm. My friends, this is foolish. <laughs> Two quick notes here. Your stance is defined by your repressed center, and ones are not thinking repressed. Damn it. <laughs> Case in point. Sevens are not thinking repressed. Sevens are, are entirely thinking dominant. And so th- because of that, they can't be in the compliant dependent spot. Mm-hmm. And so too, for ones, ones are thinking repressed. And that is what defines them in terms of their stance. Right. The idea here was something like ones are oftentimes the assertive aggressive type in relationships and in the world. And so there's like this, perhaps a, it's a mirage you know, to see them, because sevens aren't always that way. Right. This is, more importantly, th- this this goes into one of my biggest pet peeves about a lot of the language around Enneagram. This is why you need to get rid of the words compliant and dependent. It's because you could argue that sevens are dependent or, or compliant in certain spaces, or it appears that ones are not compliant, are not dependent. One's routinely don't look dependent or compliant. And that's why those terms for the stance really should get rejected. Well, ones are is reactive. And if you're a withdrawn type, ones will look aggressive. I assume it's the case that you think that I have some assertive energy. Well, yeah, well, once or twice. Just occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Ones, when you put ones around three, sevens, and eights, will immediately begin to do, you know, the jujitsu thing with, with three sevens and eights. There's there's energy there. And the mm-hmm. one thing the one wants is to maintain control of the things that they want to control. Mm-hmm. And that might come a, across as, uh, you know, a little bit more assertive in the way that they do things. But oftentimes, I think there's a mirage here. Anyway, long story short, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Just <laughs> needed to get that into the podcast. <laughs> it may be the case that some, some fancy folks with... with millions of more copies sold than me uh, have been arguing this. It's just not the truth. Yep. Okay. Thank you. I yep. appreciate that. Need a <laughs> <laughs> In a recent recording with TJ and I, I said, it's my podcast. I get to say whatever the hell I want, which n- neither TJ or our guest thought was a good <laughs> move. <laughs> I, I feel like that was like, two days ago and i have no idea what you said (laughs) doesn't matter that's not shocking that you checked out when i was especially saying something controversial (laughs) butterfly i'll go over here while (laughs) while jeff torches our work from the last few years (laughs) (laughs) and in that vein 
Yeah. I would like to add an asterisk to your entire rant. Do it. And say, I completely understand your argument. And also for those <laughs> listeners who are on, who might have heard that and gone, I I get it, but I don't really have a problem with it. That's that's how I feel. It's like I completely understand why you, Jeff, do not like the words compliant or dependent, and I don't need to plant a flag in this one. I'm trying to think of something that really. <laughs> is the misunderstanding of nines right this is this is one of the issues with uh with stance is that like compliant dependent is not great or comprehensive for the reactive earning compliant dependent triad all four of those words work and all four of them don't work in other spaces yeah aggressive assertive types the move against types those words work, and a lot of people who are in that triad do not like those words. There's no qualms about understanding the word withdrawn. <laughs> you just don't want to engage the fight. It's the fine. Withdrawn types. It works. That's great. I'm gonna go take a nap. Like it just like I just yeah. That's fine. That that makes sense to me. I mean, to circle back around, I really like systems. I want to uh-huh. improve systems. Uh-huh. I want yeah. people to get things yeah. right so that I feel good in the world. Yeah. And you're not <laughs> dependent. You're not compliant. You're reactive to the energy of the people around you. I also like putting my energies, my fighting energies, into things that aren't really going to result in bloodshed or casualties. Like, I've... I don't know if we've said this. I have that gear and I mm-hmm. know I have that gear yeah. that I could I could really hurt people. Yeah. And I choose to direct it towards things that are superficial cuz what else do you do with that energy? Sure. You know? Yeah. And that's also a good thing like I I don't think that's just you. I think that's a good thing to know about like that that is a great microcosm of a oneness kind of thing. Is that yeah. like it it is you have to do something with this and it's inappropriate to do this thing with it. So you're going to put it into a place where it's sort of like not wasted, but but it's here because it shouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, so I'm in a conversation with a person who like is literally talking about taking out firearms based on the news that they consume. Sure. And one of the great things they could do is to turn off that news channel yep. and just start really getting passionate about how bad the Colorado Rockies are. Sure. Great. You know, and perfect. Like use use the energy there yeah. in terms of just how frustrated you are. That's the baseball <laughs> team, right? This is correct. Okay, good. You got you got a bunch of I need to improve the world going on uh-huh. and you're picking the wrong you're yep. picking a topic that's actually gonna do some damage. If right. <laughs> right. And, so I suppose I'm aware of this. And so that's why I rant about yeah. terms and definitions. Great. I'll take it all day long. <laughs> Anywho. Hey, you know what? What? It would mean the world to us if somebody would share this podcast. <laughs> I say this every time. Dear listener, you still ha- you haven't shared this podcast in at least the last two months. I know you. We, it, this can be a confessional time. It's time for you to share the podcast. <laughs> now I'm getting goofy because I feel all insecure about what I just said about about having a yeah, camera where see, things are going to turn on some steps. <laughs> um, hey friends, it would mean the world to us if you share this episode with somebody that you love, preferably someone who is a one seven 
five, seven. Seven's twice on this one. Yeah. If, if they're a seven, they're getting the double dose. Yeah. Three or six. And especially if they're in relationship with somebody in those on, the, on those lines. We continue to uh, meet once a month on Zoom. You can connect with us. If you go to aroundthecircle.org, click on events. We have a once a month Zoom time, which has been fantastic. Nice. As always, if you have friends who uh, are just getting into the Enneagram, we have a tool. It's called the Start Here Podcast. Very easy to find. Recently in the top 10 on iTunes for Enneagram Podcast. Start Here is just our tool for showing people what the Enneagram is and helping them find their type. Very easy to find. If you get into pop culture, our other podcast feed is called Movie Typing. We put all of our pop culture deep dives into that. And we are going to be releasing new episodes here in the next week. Two new episodes, in fact. It's going to be which I'm excited about. And aside from that, man, give us some stars and a review. You guys are amazing. You got anything else? I got nothing, man. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's been a long <laughs> recording. Well, he's DJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't isn't interesting. Stay away from the angel dust, kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs>